0: Or simply download the CCCIV app. You'll find the direct link to the app at www.ccciv.org forward slash get the app. Or when you text CCCIV APP to 77977.
1: This is why we're such sticklers. This is why we spend so much time taking you through the word on Sundays. This is why we have life groups that are open. This is why we have Awana available for your children because we believe that you cannot apply what you do not know. And if you do not know it, that's our fault. If you do not apply it, that is your fault and yours alone. Will you take what you're hearing and put it into practice See, it says you should present your bodies as a living sacrifice. On the outside, really, these bodies are mostly neutral. This body is going to do what I call it to do, what my personality, my spirit, what I lead it to do. Just like my lips are an indicator of my heart, my body is an indicator of where I'm at spiritually. There are spiritual implications that are tied to how you handle your body, the things that you subject your body to. Even things like diet, and maybe this is going to be convicting for some of you, right? Right? But you have to pay very careful attention to some things. Because, again, this body is supposed to be offered up as a living sacrifice. This is a moment where you come and you say, this body is not my own. It belongs to you, Lord. We present ourselves as a living sacrifice. There's a war right now, even in this moment, that is being waged over your flesh. The enemy does not want you to yield your body to Jesus And if he can win, if he can capture your body, your flesh, then he's captured your spirit. Listen to what Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, Galatians chapter 5. I'll just read it to you. He says this, I say walk by the spirit so that you do not gratify The desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. And then he gives this long list of the works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit. That there's a war. You're like being used as a tug of war right now. Your arms are being spread, and the enemy's trying to pull you towards the lust of the flesh. And the Lord wants to pull you to the fruits of the Spirit, right? And this is why we're participating in a corporate fast. Because if we deny our flesh, we're saying, I'm not listening to that enemy trying to pull me or lead me astray any longer, but I'm surrendering to the Spirit. Do you see the power in that? Right? Now, after Paul... Contrast the fruits of the spirit versus the lusts of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. This is what he says there. He says in verse 24 of Galatians chapter 5, And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires. And so very pointedly today, the question I ask for you is if you're still living after the desires of the flesh, Do you really know Christ? If sin is still ruling over your heart, have you really truly had an encounter with the Lord? Have you really truly surrendered your body? If your actions haven't changed, why haven't they changed? If you're still living after the flesh, why aren't you living after the things of the Spirit? Do you worship the Lord with your spirit? This is what it says, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who's within you? That this body is a vessel for God. Just as there was a temple where the Shekinah glory of God dwelt in Old Testament days, there was a tabernacle before that temple. And even so today, the Shekinah, the glory of God resides within the believer. In this temple, right? Don't you understand that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. The scripture says that you were purchased with the blood of the lamb without spot or blemish, the blood of Jesus himself. That was the price to purchase your body. Right? And again, there's a stewardship issue that each of us have to really struggle with in life when it comes to simple things like our diet, what we're putting into our bodies, how much rest we're getting, how stressed we're getting. Right, Because there is a spiritual implication to how we care for this vessel. This belongs to the Lord. Am I going to treat it like it belongs to the Lord? Do I want this body to be as useful for the Lord as possible? If I do, if I'm really offering myself, my body to the Lord, then I want this body to be healthy so he can get glory from it. But many in the church have not been maintaining these bodies. If I gave you the keys to my home... And I said, look, I'm going to be going away for a few days. I need you to take care of my home. And you throw a party in my home. And I walk into my home and there's pizza stains on the floor. There's maybe even some pieces of pizza stuck to the ceiling. Right? The plumbing is backed up. You know, broken tile. Things are not working. Just you cared for that vessel. You cared for my temple. You cared for my home in such a manner as that. How should I feel? Well, I ask you the same question. How should God feel today when you're not caring for your vessel? When you're not caring for your temple? Are you caring for it? I'm not saying you can't have a piece of pizza. Eat pizza. I'm not saying you can't have a cookie. Eat a cookie, right? It's not a legalistic thing. But when those things control you to the point that you're not able to serve the Lord because you're not healthy, it is wrong. So how do you know whether or not your body is a living sacrifice? Let me ask you, with your eyes, do you not only say with your eyes, Lord, I no longer want to look at evil things, but do you say, Lord, I want to have your eyes for the lost. I want to see people who are hurting. I want to love on people who need some loving. Give me your eyes for people. Do you say with your lips, not only, Lord, I want to stop cursing or I want to stop swearing or or I want to stop gossiping, but do you say, Lord, I want you to use these lips to bring glory to the name of your son through the preaching of the gospel? Do you say with your hands, Lord, not only do I no longer want to touch things that dishonor you, but, Lord, I want to use these hands to lay on the sick and to watch the blind receive their sight and lepers to be cleansed and the lame to leap and the deaf to hear. I want you to use these hands to minister to people. Do you say of your feet, Lord, it's not only that I no longer want these feet to carry me to places where I never should have been, but, Lord, I want these feet to carry me to places where you want me to go. So that I can share the truth of the gospel with someone who desperately needs it. See, that's the difference between, yes, okay, I know these things, I understand these things, I know I shouldn't touch that, I know I shouldn't say that, I know I shouldn't watch that, I know I shouldn't go there, but being a living sacrifice says, Lord, not only do I know those are the things I shouldn't do, but I know these are the things that I should do, and I'm completely behind it, Lord. I surrender to your call on my life, I will go where you lead. Do you see the difference? That's the sacrifice God is calling you to. I beg you, brothers, by the mercies of God, by what you understand of the Lord, that you offer yourself up, you yield yourself as your body, you yield it up as a living sacrifice. Why a living sacrifice? Why would God say, I want you to be a living sacrifice? You understand that if God says you're alive, you're alive. See, the scripture says, I was once dead, Ephesians chapter 2, but God has made me alive together with him. I'm not dead anymore, now I'm alive. The scripture says in Colossians chapter 2, it says this, and you were once dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, but God has made you alive together with him, having forgiven you your trespasses. Why are you a living sacrifice? Because if you're truly in Christ, it's impossible for you to spiritually die. If you're alive, you're alive. But this body still needs to be surrendered. This body still needs to be yielded up to the Lord. To be a living sacrifice is really a response that we have. It's an intentional commitment that we have that is rooted in the knowledge of God. I'm going to be a sacrifice because of what I understand in God's character. Because of what I've seen him do for me, I willingly will lay down my life as a sacrifice. Turn with me to Hosea chapter 6. It's in the Old Testament Right after the book of Daniel, as we're entering into the minor prophets. I want you to read with me out of Hosea chapter 6. Listen to what this says. Again, understanding that being a living sacrifice, that's a response to an understanding that we have of God. Look at what it says here. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us. That he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Now that's an incredible allusion, is it not, to the resurrection. But look at this verse 3. Let us know. That word is yada in the Hebrew. It's an intimate understanding of God. Let us know and let us press on to know the Lord. The word press on means to chase after. It means to pursue. It means to follow with all that you've got. Because I have this understanding, this intimate knowledge of God, I understand his love for me. Now I want to press on. I want to pursue him more. Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains, the water, of the earth. What shall I do, O Ephraim? What shall I do, O Judah? Your love is like a morning cloud, like the dew, and it goes early away. That's so convicting. He says, your love is so temporary. Your love is so fickle. Why? Because you don't really truly understand me. Look at this now, verse 5. Therefore, I have hewn them by the prophets... I have slain them by the words of my mouth and my judgment goes forth as the light for I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice. I want the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. See, you come to that altar but when you come to that altar, God doesn't want an animal that is slain. God doesn't want pigeons that you offer up. He's not looking for incense that you lay before the altar to rise to his throne. No, he wants you to come and he'd rather you know him than to have to offer up those offerings. He'd rather you have an intimacy with him. He'd rather that you fall madly and deeply in love with him than to have to bring a sacrifice. What is going to lead you to the place where you can say, I will respond to that I will apply that in my life. I will allow my body to become a living sacrifice. It's when you get to the point where you say, God, I know you so intimately. I can hear your voice. I know your heartbeat. And because of it, I have no offering to bring more than what I have to give. This is all you require, and this is all that you want. Do you know God in that way? See, here's the trouble, though, with a living sacrifice. Is living sacrifices have the tendency to crawl off the altar. How often have you done that? You're walking with the Lord and you're on fire for God and you're doing so many amazing things for the Lord and for his glory and then you get to the point to where you just say, you know what, I'm going to go a different way today. I'm going to follow the flesh. I haven't done this in so long. I deserve this. And you crawl off the altar. Do you know what Jesus would say to that mindset today? He would say this in Luke chapter 9. If anyone would come after me Let him deny himself and take up his cross when? Daily. Follow me. If you want to truly follow after me, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross. You have to die every single day. You got to be at that altar every single day if you're really going to follow me. You're either going to follow me with everything or not at all. That's how simple the Lord makes it for us. He says, You offer your body as a living sacrifice which is acceptable to God. The word acceptable means pleasing. The word acceptable means that which is satisfying. And I ask you this morning, do you or do you not want to satisfy the Lord? Because if you do, you have to offer your body as a living sacrifice in a way that is accepted. In Zechariah chapter 3, you can read it later, there's a vision there that Zachariah is given of the high priest Joshua. And he's standing before the Lord and the enemy is accusing him. Satan's accusing Joshua. And the angel of the Lord is there as well. Jesus himself is there. And he's clothed in these filthy garments. He's just filthy. And the Lord says to the angel of the Lord, he says, go remove those filthy garments from him and clothe him with some clean garments. Why? Because he can't be in my presence if he looks that dirty. He can't come into my presence with that junk He can't come into my presence looking that way. He's got to be washed. He's got to be cleansed. He's got to be consecrated. He's got to be dedicated to me before that can happen. See, in your life as a believer, you have to live a life of dedication. I don't know if we skipped that verse or that point a long, long time ago. You can write it down now. But here we are at this washing point. In the Old Testament, when amazing things were about to happen in the lives of Israel, Moses would go to the children of Israel and he would say, listen, you need to consecrate yourselves today because the Lord tomorrow is going to move. Wash yourselves. Make sure that you're ready for this because tomorrow God is going to do some amazing things. I'm saying to you today, God is going to be doing some amazing things, but you got to consecrate yourself. You gotta be washed. You can't be standing in the presence of the Lord looking filthy. There's some of you that gotta purge your life from some things. You gotta get rid of some things. You gotta lay some things down before you can really truly enjoy the presence of the Lord the way God wants you to enjoy His presence. Consecrate yourself, cleanse yourself. Now, in Romans chapter 1, Paul writes this long list of sins, and he says at the end of it, And such were some of you, but you were washed. That word washed, It's literally a ceremonial cleansing. This is what the priests would do to the instruments before they would use them in service in the tabernacle in the temple. They would consecrate them. They would wash them in the same sense, you've got to be washed today. In the Jewish life, there was something called a mikvah. A mikvah is maybe similar to what you see up here this morning in these baptismal tubs. Actually, you want to be honest, you can buy these at Tractor Supply, right? It's just a feeding trough. But what does that represent this morning? It represents a washing. It represents a cleansing. And in the life of the Jewish people, they would come to these mikvahs throughout their life at very important junctures in their life. One of those junctures would be if there was a conversion. At conversion, in order to be able to become a Jewish person, the Gentile would have to be cleansed, ceremonially washed in a mikvah. And what they would do is they would go under the water and they would come out of the water and they would be washed clean. In essence, they would be now presentable to the Lord. They would be acceptable, pleasing, satisfying to the Lord. And when they would go under the water, they would leave their old life behind. They would come out of the water and they would be fresh and clean and new. You know when else the Jewish people would go into mikvahs? They would go into mikvahs before their marriage, before their wedding. Why would they do that? They would go into the waters of the mikveh in order to be washed, in order to be cleansed so that when they came out, they would be pure and clean and ready to present themselves to their spouse. This is a beautiful picture that we have in baptism that we will celebrate today. Just as the Jewish person would come to the mikveh so that they could leave the old life behind and they could testify... They could proclaim that I am now one of God's children in the same sense. That is why we come to the waters of baptism so that we go under, we leave the old person behind and we come and we say, look, God has made me new. In the same sense that you would go in the waters of the mikvah before your marriage, before your wedding, in the same sense, we come to the waters of baptism so that we go under and we come out, we wash ourselves, we're cleansed. All of the sin and filth cleansed from us and we come to the Lord and we say, I present myself to you now clean and pure, and acceptable, and satisfying, and pleasing to you. Do you see the symbolism here? See, Paul says, you brothers, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Because of what you know of God, the mercies of God, that you offer yourselves up, you yield yourself, and your body, your physical body, as a living sacrifice that won't crawl off the altar something that is holy and set apart and good and acceptable to him, pleasing to him, cleansed and washed and ready to be presented to him. Yes, dedicated, consecrated, washed and clean and ready. And he says this, just to tag this very end here, which is your spiritual worship in the ESV and many other versions, it says, which is your reasonable service. So this last point, if you're taking notes, is the believer must have a proper reaction or response to this call. I've got to do now what the scripture has called me to do. See, Peter was so intimately acquainted with Jesus that even though he denied Jesus three times before the rooster crowed, After the resurrection, he was willing to die on a cross hanging upside down because he refused to recant Jesus. He knew, my body is a living sacrifice. The uh, apostle John, recant Jesus or die, he refuses. He's dipped in a vat of boiling oil. He doesn't die, and so he's exiled to Patmos. The apostle Paul, tradition tells us, historians believe that he was beheaded for his faith by Nero. Why? Because they knew the Lord. They were willing to die. I'll hold nothing back. I'm willing to do this. It's reasonable. It's rational. The word reasonable or spiritual is literally logical in the Greek. This is the only logical response to my understanding of God is that I I do for him what he's done for me. He sacrificed upon a cross for me. Now I bring my life back and I lay it on an altar for him. This is logical and reasonable for me to do. This is my reasonable worship or literally service. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah has this vision of God's glory. And he is led to a point of worship. And he cries out, woe is me because I'm a sinful man. And I dwell in the midst of sinful people. Who am I to stand in the presence of the Lord? He worships God. When he has this understanding of who he is, and then there's this call that goes out. Who will go and tell my people what I want them to hear? And he says, I'll go. Me. I'm the one. Service. You see how worship and service are connected? Worship is not just what takes place up here on the stage. There could be people up here playing a song and singing really well, and they're not worshiping the Lord at all. You could be out there and can't hold a tune, but you could really truly be worshiping the Lord. Because worship is not about a song, it's not about an instrument, it's not about a note. Your worship is about whether or not you're willing to serve the Lord with what you've got. Isaiah said, here I am, send me. How about the disciples? Matthew chapter 17, Peter, James, and John, they're on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus' glory shines and they're amazed by it and immediately they're just blown away. They worship God and they say, okay, now what can we do? Let's build some little... Tabernacles, let's build some tents for Moses and for Elijah and for Jesus. And then there's a voice that thunders from heaven and says, This is my beloved son, listen to him. And they fall on their faces. What was their response when they saw the glory of Jesus? They said, What can we do? We got to do something. We need to build something. We got to serve. Look at how great this God is. And then God's voice says, Hey, right now I just want you to worship. Boom, on their face. How about Saul? whom we know is the Apostle Paul. He's on his way to Damascus, and there a bright light shines around and a voice thunders from the heavens. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to be so stubborn, isn't it? Paul falls on his face, and he says, who are you, Lord, and what do you want me to do? Worship and service. Why do I bring this up? I bring this up because this... If you are not serving the Lord, you are not worshiping the Lord. And if you are not worshiping the Lord, then you don't really understand what he's done for you. If you did, you'd have no problem serving. And I don't care what that service looks like. I'm not here to be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, and I am not. But I can tell you this, if you're not worshiping, serving the Lord, you do not really know who he is or what he's done for you. The Apostle Paul, the end of his life, he wrote this to his young protege Timothy. He says, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I'm pouring myself out in worship of the Lord. And in our midst today, we don't have an altar of earth and stone. All we have in our midst today is an altar of flesh and blood, of heart and of soul. And God is calling you to come and to meet with him at that altar. He's not saying, hey, you got to go out and you got to find some stones and you got to find some earth and you need to build a mound and you need to place. No, he says, you are enough. I want you to bring what you've got to the altar. You are the altar of flesh and blood, of heart and of soul. Will you bring that offering to the Lord today?
0: Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley.